Oh, no. I've got this. Let him go. Or I destroy this. Oh, I really need a new coat. This. Hey, Adam. Yes, Aaron. We are not drowning in Doctor Who news right now. We are... What are we? We're... It's Feb. It's the end of February, so we are two months removed from the last episode of Doctor Who. One month and twenty six days yes. removed. Yes. Well, almost. I mean, February being a short month, we're we're almost two months removed. And True. We don't have we don't have a ton of stuff going on in Doctor Who right now. You know, there's rumors. There's you know Stephen Fry, Alex Kingston, whatever. But there's nothing solid that we can talk about. But we did say that we wanted to record an episode as kind of a recap of season 11 or series 11, whichever you prefer. Yeah. And that time has come. I mean, we've had, we've had sufficient time to uh, allow these, these episodes to marinate in our minds and, and come to some sort of conclusion on, on what they were, where they fall and, and how we feel about them. So um, I think we might be ready to do that. At least I am. At least I'm ready. Yes, yes. Full season recap coming up, also with rankings. <laughs> with so if you don't like rankings. rankings, if you don't like rankings, you could skip this episode of Bad Wolf Radio, but we are going to give our personal rankings of the episodes for this season specifically and maybe talk a little bit about ratings. You know, how did it do UK ratings? How did it do US ratings? Rotten Tomatoes, you know, how were these episodes received as compared to our personal opinions about them? Which I noticed um, looking at, especially looking at the Rotten Tomato scores is I don't agree with a lot of them. So. Yeah, it's uh, Rotten Tomatoes is an interesting one. I mean, they, they have their own controversy brewing right now. So uh, that's a fun one to to pull up for Doctor Who. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is interesting in that I don't know that they're shielded very well from manipulation. Yes. Of scores. And I noticed actually, as I was looking up some of this stuff, the fan, the fan score versus the critic score for just the the entire season on a whole was pretty crazily different (laughs) to the levels of the last Jedi. It was, I think it was something as low as like 15% for the fan score. Oh, wow. For, for the season of Dr. Who, but then like the critic score was like 95 or something like that. So so it's interesting. It has, there has to be some, some middle ground there. Um, that, that is a dramatic difference. But the critic score is the critic score. You know, they, they're going by actual critics um, and how they rated the, the episodes. So that score is a, a true representation of at least how people were critically, you know, taking in this season. And I was, cause you kind of hear the grumblings and the mumblings as the season's going along and, and then, I, but at looking at the critic scores, I was like, oh, wow, it's pretty consistently, it was well-received, at least by the critics, um, for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, it, it, just looking at the numbers right now, it is a fairly consistent ranking. Um, you'd have a pretty high average uh, for this series. I wonder, and I don't, I don't know if you checked this, how that 
that ranking compares to, I don't know, maybe that's something for me to take a look at. If we average out the scores, compare it to previous seasons and see where it falls um, based on the Rotten Tomato score. But yeah, interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think that um, this season of Doctor Who probably benefited from all the hype around uh, Jodie Whittaker being cast and that being kind of a monumental thing for Doctor Who in that they you know, finally cast a, a woman in the lead role. And I think there was a lot of buzz around the show. There was a lot of hype around the show. It got people interested. People that hadn't really paid attention to Doctor Who ever or in a long time kind of came and was like, hey, what's this thing? And so I think, you know, sometimes that can make critic scores pop up a little bit because it's almost like you don't want to be the negative one. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're writing something for a, a magazine or for a, a website, you don't necessarily want to be that one person that's like, well, I don't like the new doctor. You know? <laughs> right. So it's, it can kind of ride that wave a little bit. Um, I think the, the, the scores maybe were a little inflated because of that. But, you know, I do think that generally um, people did did like this season um, when it came to the professionals, the, the, the professional critics. Um, and the low point I thought was interesting. The, the lowest score that it got all season was 75%. Um, which was the Battle of Ranscor Avkolos. Yeah. Which was one of my favorite episodes. So <laughs> that that is an interesting one to see the the low score dropped on. Um they were they would I, I yeah, I don't I don't know because if you look at the rankings that's right there, the episode right before it, it takes you away, is maybe fourth in line for being the highest. Um, but it was a, it was pretty high ranking for that one. And then it drops on the next one. Um, hmm. that's curious to see. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see, to look at these, these stats and this data kind of after the fact. Um, but we do know that this, that there's going to be a new season. So it's not like, uh, nothing was so bad that it ended. So that's always good. Yeah. Series 12 already underway production. Some cool photos coming out from that. Um, primarily just the cast photo. Um, it's fun to see everybody together. I'm I'm glad that we at least have the one photo. So those of us who were still concerned whether or not it really would happen, um, it's happening. It's happening. Yes, it's happening. Same cast, and we. Are, I think we kind of made it. You know, as we were reviewing the episodes throughout the season, you know, we as critical as we may have been of some of the individual episodes at, on a whole, we really enjoyed this cast. So I'm, I'm happy to see them getting a, a second season together. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to see. I mean, they, they've pretty much tied up um, Ryan's story potentially with, with the arc that he went on with Graham, the arc that he had with his father, um, the death of grace it seems like we've spent sufficient, not sufficient, but we've spent a healthy amount of time on him as a character. Um, and with Graham, kind of the, the, the growth that we've seen in him as a character, it definitely seems like whatever might happen next series, it makes sense if Yaz were to put it, be put in the spotlight this go around, hmm. but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's like, let's talk through the episodes a little bit. We're not, obviously we're not going to do a full on review again, of every episode, although it would be interesting to kind of look back um, and review these episodes now that we know how everything ends, 
but we we just don't have that kind of time. We're, we're not going to spend 11 <laughs> hours <laughs> reviewing all of these episodes again, but we do want to kind of walk through quickly through the episodes and maybe give some thoughts, you know, how how we look back on, upon them and if <laughs> we it's any serious, different. We seriously need to like think through this next year and do a um a look back on the series where you pull out little sound clips from each one of our episodes and we just edit them together into one mashup episode. Um or we just pull out the sound clips where we were completely wrong. <laughs> yes, that's the way to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I actually just last night uh, decided to watch The Woman Who Fell to Earth again. Okay. I, I just wanted to kind of have that one fresh in my mind. And so, yeah, I pulled that one up, watched it again. And it was one of my favorite episodes of the season. We'll get to our rankings kind of toward the end of this, but... It was definitely one of my favorite episodes, so I was happy to revisit it and see if, like, oh, okay, am I still, do I still really like this one as much as I thought? Maybe it was the hype of seeing it for the first time at New York Comic Con, or the hype of the new Doctor. Does it live up? Does it does it stand up to the uh, the test of time? Although it hasn't been that long, so I I really enjoyed watching it again. It was fun to kind of see the the introduction of those characters and and you know some of these characters that we got to know so well throughout. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot. You know, first time we met Ryan, he's riding a bike, you know, or yeah, that was it was kind of cool to see these characters in that early state. Yeah. And that's the thing about this episode. There was so much buildup in my own mind and that feeling of will it live up to expectations in that moment? And I remember um, finishing up watching it and even talking to you about it where it was like, oh, my goodness, they did it like they they came back just as strong as what I wanted them to come back at. And not only that, but another thing about this episode that sticks out to me is just how in, in the moment, visually beautiful it was with kind of that, the, the panoramic scenery that they struck of Ryan on the bike and then them sitting on a cliff. And I know that we talked about like, what are the chances that they took a train just to find someplace that he could learn to ride his bike? Um, but it was a, a visually beautiful episode as well. Yeah. And I, I was kind of, as I was watching it last night, I was, I had kind of forgotten how well, how great that episode looked. And I almost would say that this one, the production value maybe dropped a little bit after this. Like, I don't know if they just kind of went all in on this first episode, but it felt very theatrical and some of the shots and stuff that they did. I don't feel like they really matched that again, uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I would say that the the only one that I mean there are there are two that stick out of my mind that they might have gotten just as close to this value. And it the the first one that is comes to mind is the ghost monument. Second episode, there's that scene with the the TARDIS off on the cliff on the rock and they pan back. It has that same appeal. Um or them standing on the the parking garage or the the structure and looking out into the distance with the sun co- going down has that same visual aspect to it. And then the other one is the uh the demons of Punjab. Um there's a couple shots in that that just that look incredible. And then the the color contrast of the wedding. Um there there's some good shots. There's some good shots in that one as well. Um but back to Back to the woman that fell to earth. I mean, this is also the episode that we got the possibly one of the best lines of the entire season. Um, eat your salad Halloween. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that that scene could have completely been cut. It didn't. <laughs> it, was, it was unnecessary. We had kind of joked around about how like maybe each episode was just going to have this throwaway moment that was kind of ridiculous. And I don't think that that carried on throughout the season. There were definitely no. a couple other instances, but this was very much. Uh, I still want to know who that who that actor is and why he got that part. <laughs> like, who was he friends with? Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those one of those moments that will forever live on in my mind <laughs> of a throwaway moment in an episode that just made me absolutely giddy for some reason. I feel like we talked about it when we reviewed it, maybe, and I, I thought I had said something like, I think maybe the actor was in Broadchurch. Um, and I don't know that we ever confirmed that. Like, I would love to look that up. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start to Google, you know, who the actor is that plays that role. Um, but that would be interesting. Because it's like, how would he even be like, um, you know, how would he have been in the credits? Like, what would they have called him? Salad guy or <laughs> salad drunk guy on street eating salad. That's, I don't know. There has to be, there has to be a way. I'm sure you could find some, some record of him on IMDB looking at a specific episode. Um, now I'm, now I'm overly curious. I know that's what I'm like trying to see if I can Google. Uh, real quick if i can figure this out but I, it's probably not gonna be that easy uh kebab salad man actor reveals how oh wait did i find it <laughs> <laughs> doctor who salad man speaks i made my own kebab for the audition the alien mocking character from jody whitaker's first episode was a viral hit so we caught up with actor philip Ab abiodin who brought him to life well, there you go, <laughs> Philip. I, I don't know if we'll ever find out who this is two seconds later. Yeah. You know what I Googled? I Googled what? Doctor Who Eat My Salad Actor, <laughs> and it came right nice. up. Nice. How's, how's yes. that for Googling skills? So he's he's credited with two things. He actually has a name, Dean. He's Dean in Doctor Who? His name was Dean in Doctor Who, and then he plays actor in nightmare in suburban or in suburbia yeah <laughs> oh i see okay i pulled up his imdb he has two credits you're right he has two credits oh uh, okay so i was wrong he's not in Broadchurch. i'm a little disappointed about that i was really hoping that he it was like a friend of <laughs> chibnall's that just shows up in all his stuff but <laughs> no he's um, just some guy that happened to make his own kebab for the audition <laughs> hey well now <laughs> we <awesome>. know if <laughs> This is something that we have been probably we could have figured this out a long time ago, but I've been I've been you know staying up at night not able to <laughs> to sleep because I I wanted to know more about this guy. So there we go. We can put it to bed. I, I guess I guess Chibnall is a huge fan of like the practical audition because Whitaker has that story of of her grabbing a box of wires and pretending to like assemble or, or take apart a bomb. So I guess Chibnall really likes people who have their own props at auditions. Well, moving from characters that don't matter to characters that do, this is the episode that we got introduced to Tim Shaw, um, who ended up being kind of the only, the only element to the season that really carried on. You know, yeah. I, I, we had talked before about how we had kind of, we liked the idea of seeing a little bit more connection to the episodes and maybe kind of a through line, um, something that they're leading to. And I guess they kind of were, but not really. It was like they were leading to a reappearance of Tim Shaw later in the episode, but there wasn't a lot of like 
dots connecting it. It was almost like if you had taken this episode and then you put um, the Battle of Ranscor of Kolos as, you know, right next to it, these two together would be like a duology, but there's not a lot of connecting pieces in between. Yeah, I I remember the even the stenza in general um within the first two episodes we talked about how it seemed like that could have been that thread that ran through and then it very quickly went dead <laughs> there, there was there was two episodes and then nothing until we get to um that episode and you do such a great job of pronouncing the title i will never be able to say that title the way that it ought to be said um but it, it's not until that moment that we get some sort of payoff um but that also like brings to light that a conversation or at least something that i brought up multiple times is it seems like a lot of these episodes could have just been chained their order could have been changed at any point in time um because there weren't so many of those through threads tying the episodes together um but yeah tim shaw he was uh he was a i don't know he was a great way to start the series yeah and uh carl we got carl which was carl he was an interesting side character definitely the type of character you might assume could become somewhat recurring like he was a big enough personality um that you're like okay maybe i could see him popping back up somewhere but no this was this was his only appearance Yep, one and done. He was the uh, the trophy that Tim Shaw was looking for. And then we have Grace, who was a major player in this episode, and then, you know, kind of the shocker at the end where she died. By the way, we're talking spoilers for the whole season. So just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case, just in case you're behind on the first episode of Series 11. Yeah, you may want to tune this out because we're definitely not going to shy away from spoilers as we talk about the season. But... Grace was a big character, and I think we had kind of talked about how we were sad to see her go, but it was definitely a launching point for, for I'd, I'd say more so um, a launching point for Graham than than Ryan. Yeah, it, it definitely was a launching point um, for Graham. Ryan definitely felt the impact of that, but the memory of, of grace and kind of that prodding of who she was for Graham continued on and even pushed him further from this point forward. Um, yeah, she, she, that was, that was a surprise. Um, I think if that would have happened a couple episodes into the series, it would have definitely carried a heck of a lot more weight. Um, but the fact that in episode one, they were willing to take such a, a huge jump, um, kind of, kind of put you on the edge for for the first couple episodes yeah and then they did tie in um you know connection with grace into in the ninth episode it takes you away so we got to give him credit for that there was there was some connectivity there as well um i think the major connectivity was probably between the woman who fell to earth the ghost monument and it takes you away in battle of rain score of colos like those four episodes kind of feel like they all connect. And then the rest, like you said, could have been placed anywhere. Yeah. I mean, there are those emotional threads that are throughout all the episodes. So the different things that Ryan is struggling with, some of the comments that Yaz makes about her family, um, the continued impact of Grace's death on Graham, like there's those elements, but not so much in a, 
um, linear progression of their character more in just like that is that is who they are and that's what they're going through. But yeah, those those four episodes, um, those really are the the bookends of the series. Yeah, and we could there's a lot more we could talk about, but I you know it leaves us on a, a pretty crazy cliffhanger where the doctor has them help her uh, try to kind of teleport out of there. Uh, so she can go find the TARDIS, and she ends up taking them all to deep space. So they're about they're gonna suffocate and die. Yeah, we the the one ending that tr- directly ties into the next episode. Yeah, and that leads us to the Ghost Monument, which yeah. you know we go from modern day, um, you know, on Earth to this very sci-fi episode, which has spaceships and you know all kinds of you know alien creatures and all of that thing. So um, definitely a different feel, but we had talked about a solid guest cast in this one. Yeah. The, uh, the highlight of the series or a highlight of, of the series um, was the ability of the, the side characters, the guest stars to step in and not feel like they are a fish out of water to be able to hold their own against a cast that, that really was surprising even in this episode um, being the second in the series, but being able to continue to push the the story forward where it seems like in past series, the side characters, there was always some weird nuance about them that never quite felt right. Yeah. And this, um, this one really carried on the momentum. I thought the first episode was really strong and you know pretty much across the board everybody was just loving it and I really enjoyed it and then it goes into this one and you're like okay let's see if this can continue and it really did it kept, it kept the momentum and I I was really happy after this one ended too I'm like oh wow they're two for two I'm loving this doctor yeah it was this like you said it it, it continued the momentum the the storytelling seemed very strong um I was surprised at some of the visual effects in it, that it was still holding on to it. Um, the characters were fun. Um, yeah, it, it is it is a a good episode. And then having it focused in on the TARDIS, um, something that was totally a- uh, absent in the first episode, um, even though I, I will admit I was wrong um, that I swore we wouldn't see the TARDIS so soon. Um, but having the TARDIS show up was super special in this episode. I believe you had said it wasn't going to show up until at least episode six. Yep, that that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and when, what was it? What was the episode I said it would show up in? Um, pretty much this one, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Uh, uh, yeah. So we got the 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 reunion of the Doctor and the TARDIS, which I thought was such a powerful moment. And then, of course, you get to see the other characters. Um, see the see the TARDIS for the first time, which is something that typically when they introduce new characters, they see the TARDIS in the first episode. So she had an entire adventure with them before they even got to meet the TARDIS. So it was, uh, I think that for me was the highlight of this episode was was the the reemergence of the TARDIS and just seeing the Doctor um, interact with that character. Yeah. Absolutely. And and interact with that character is the best way to put it, because that is how this episode framed the TARDIS as as a character. Um, those interactions, the the awe and wonder in that moment, like 
it is it is one of those moments as the doctor enters that as a fan you get goosebumps um you you have that reaction to it because of the way that it was framed and the and the things that led up to it um it, it it's it's such a solid moment um and then we also had that weird moment in this episode where Ryan grabs a gun and chases after the sniper bots. Um, that oh, yeah. was that, that was the yeah that was the odd moment yeah. That was the odd moment of this episode that we were two for two for those odd moments as well and kind of that thought of oh it would kind of be fun if this continued on. <laughs> and then we got an entire episode of odd moments. <laughs> in the, in the arachnids in the UK, but we're not there yet. Yeah, uh, we're not there yet. We, we, we can't skip over Rosa. Uh, being the third episode of the season and really continuing on the momentum, although changing the tone completely. You know, the first two episodes um, were a little bit different and kind of traditional in that traditional Doctor Who way. Um, A lot of fun, very lighthearted. And then we get into Rosa and the subject matter is very, very heavy, very real, kind of slaps you in the face a little bit. And... um, changes the tone but also not necessarily in a bad way just kind of a different focus and a different it kind of uh yeah it was it was a different thing for doctor who i think this type of an episode i i I don't know that i can remember another episode in, in at least in the modern series that really tackled something this heavy yeah absolutely um and and that is what i that is what i I can say is in the modern series, I think this will go on record as being probably the most impactful, um, relevant and, and deep episodes that Dr. Who has ever done in, in the modern series. I can't speak towards anything past that, but it's, it did change. It did change the tone. And it was something that even as rumors were coming out leading up to the series, that they were going to be, um, that they were going to be working with Rosa Parks in one of the episodes. How in the world can Doctor Who approach Rosa Parks? And yet, after this episode, we saw that they approached it in a very respectful um, way, and in a way that made you uncomfortable during the episode, um, in a very relevant way, and it it worked. Um, I know that both of us talked. Probably not something that we would want to see on a regular basis, not something that we would be excited to sit through, but that doesn't take away the value of this episode. And it's one that I'm going to continue to go back to just because it is a, it, the way that they approached it was unique. It also introduces to a, a new villain or bad guy who is not an alien. Um, well, I guess, I guess he could have been an alien, but very human looking, um, Crasco, yeah. Who actually, looking back across the entire season, is probably one of the more memorable bad guys, but maybe a little underutilized. And I was kind of hoping for a return of this character in some way, just because of the way they dispatched with him, where it wasn't they didn't necessarily kill him, but kind of sent him off. Um, and it's not too dissimilar than the way they did with Tim Shaw, and we got the return of Tim Shaw. So it would have been interesting to see a return of Crasco, and maybe we will in the future in future episodes. Right, and this is where we started to see the pattern emerge of the series, where um, the the villains, the, the bad of the episode, there was never this. 
I don't know, lack of a better way of putting it, satisfying resolution to it. They were just removed from the picture, but nothing was ever ultimately settled. Um, Crasco getting shot into the past to who knows when, Tim Shaw being teleported back with his recalled circuit, his recall device to wherever he he was being recalled to. Um, that said, Crasco, at least in this episode, we could point our finger at and say, okay, you, he was legitimately evil. He was legitimately bad. He wasn't misunderstood. His intentions were clear and, and they were bad. What if we find out that Crasco is sent somewhere and then he ends up becoming Tim Shaw? <laughs> he gets, he's, he's he gets the, the armor and he becomes this hunter and then... <laughs> He's the beginning of the stenza. Right, yeah. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> nice. I'm writing episodes for him now. Uh, hey, um, <laughs> you you might be the showrunner after Chibnall, right? <laughs> Please, no. That would be horrible for the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would just be all like Doctor Reunions every episode. <laughs> yeah. David uh, Tennant's back again. Hey, Tenant, we need you again. Hey, Matt Smith, time to step in. Eccleston, yeah. are you ready yet? Right. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool, but <laughs> it, would, yeah. it would fail. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Rosa was uh, a really good one. So I felt like after three three episodes, you know, I was really, I was high on Doctor Who again, and I was on board with everything they were doing, with maybe a couple gripes here and there, but for the most part, I was like, oh, I'm really loving this. Um and then Arachnids in the UK came out. <laughs> and for me, at least, this was the beginning of this show kind of crashing back down to earth. And I don't necessarily say that in a, as bad as it sounds. But, you know, it was kind of like, I think we had even had conversations where we were like, man, we're going to, I would rank Jodie Whittaker's doctor, you know, right up there with my favorite doctors, you know, maybe even my favorite doctor. And then it was kind of like, um, maybe we spoke too soon and at least I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak for you, Adam, but I think arachnids in the UK kind of was like, okay, this, even this season can have its low points. Yeah. I mean, this is, we, we are so used to, we're so conditioned to having like a mid season lull, um, with Dr. Who. Where for one reason or another, you hit this midpoint of the series and you start to feel it going downhill in hopes that um, the last two episodes or last three episodes, you'll start to feel that rise again. Um, with this being a shorter season, a uh, shorter series with with 10, no, 11 episodes um, total, it was one of those things where it's like, OK, is this is this that middle point? <laughs> Do we have enough time? Are we, are we on the decline now? Um, and is there enough time to pull it up? It's not that arachnids in the UK is a bad episode, but I think this was the first episode of the series where we were like, wow, there's, there's a lot of unresolved things. There's a lot of loose ends. And yes, you can talk about how the show doesn't need to resolve everything, but there just seemed to be a lot of, of, big loose ends on this one that it's like I couldn't reconcile them in my mind yeah I mean there were elements of this episode I enjoyed I thought the spiders were very creepy you know definitely kind of that cringy Doctor Who moment where you're like oh wow like that's really that's that's definitely a scary I'm having a, a reaction to how scary some of this yeah stuff is. yep uh -huh. um, so I think they that was strong 
And, um, you know, there was just some fun elements in the episode that I liked. But I think over what was what overrode it for me was um, I didn't love like Yaz's mom, like that character I thought was kind of useless. Um, and, and then the whole, just kind of the in your face parallels to like the, the current U S political situation and just kind of that character that they had the, the hotel owner that he's going to run for president, whatever. And just all of that was just a little too on the nose, a little too in the face that I was just like, okay, I'm not, it's like, whatever. It's not, this one isn't as, as fun for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you on that. Um, that, that's, that's a little bit lower on my list in regards to knocks on this episode. For me, it was, it, it was spiders and I didn't like spiders and I made me, I think, hypercritical of this episode in the first place. Um, that said, I mean, there were some fun interactions between the characters. It was fun watching Graham and Ryan interact a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's, it was, it is that, that, a dip it is definitely a dip after the the very high up first three so then we jump into space again with the saranga conundrum yeah uh, and just real quick like the transition the transitions here that's that's another thing that sticks out about this series there's no smooth transitions you you are up in space you're down on earth and there's there's no there's no segue between it yeah and we had kind of talked about how that one did the um the Arachnids in UK didn't really have much of a resolution at all. We were kind of confused as like if we missed a scene at the end. Um all the only resolution that I think that came along with that episode was that was the episode where they all decided to stay with the doctor, right? Yes. Wasn't that the yep. episode where they were like, Okay, we're gonna actually travel with you. Okay. Yep. So maybe the most important element of that episode. Um but then we have the Saranga conundrum, which was, you know, it was kind of the continuation of, and I think the the spiders episode was the beginning of this, but it was like the idea that what you think is the bad guy is not really the bad guy. And it's either a misunderstood thing or the humans are really bad and the monsters aren't, you know, that type of situation. Right. Because in, in the arachnids in the UK, the big spiders, um, they didn't have any evil intention. They were, basically toxic Avengers. <laughs> they, they were mutated because of toxic waste. They got really big and they were just doing what spiders do. Um, and the Saranga conundrum, you have our possibly the cutest villain of the entire series um, in the, the stitch wannabe Pating um, being, being the hungry little bugger that it is who just, who just wants to eat. And it just so happens that the spaceship makes a nice tasty snack. Right. So they, you know, they almost, lots of people almost died, but in the end they just had to give this guy like a bomb to eat and then shoot him off into space. Yeah. And it, and this episode has a lot of good interactions again. I think this one though has probably the, the strongest, um, side character dies right at the get go. And then with the, um, oh goodness, her name is. Uh, let's see here cicero or yes her and her brother yeah cicero um, and dirkus uh were the brother sister and and then um 
that original doctor that they met was the one who who ended up dying. Yeah, his name was Astos. Astos, yeah. But the the relationship between Cicero and Dirkus, I never really got into it. And then at the end of it, when when she dies, I wasn't really emotionally involved, and I think it was lacking the weight um, that it was supposed to carry. That said, this is also, this this is the episode that we get the pregnant guy, um, and there were some funny interactions that took place between Graham and Ryan in that situation. Oh yeah, that's true. There was that whole thing where he was like. What it, Graham said something about calling call the midwife show that yes. he watches and yeah that was yeah that was maybe the highlight of the episode was kind of the humor in this one yeah and they they the baby was born and the guy wanted to name him avocado <laughs> and like mm-hmm. the whole the whole exchange there um, yeah it it has some funny moments and um, it was a well put together episode but it was kind of just like a oh, yeah. That was a that was a good Doctor Who episode. Yeah, it was it was a solid episode. Middle middle of the road, I think. It wasn't wasn't bad, it wasn't great. It was just kind of like, okay, it was it was good. Yeah, nothing to blog about. Um next one was Demons of Punjab of the Punjab, uh episode six of of the season. And this is a Yaz family focused episode. Yeah, we, Yaz family focused. We've got focused. a lot of Ryan Graham up to this point. So now it was Yaz's turn to get the spotlight. And the, the, the main or one of the main discussions that we had at this episode was, um, how does the doctor decide where she travels and when she travels? Um, is she just taking trips for fun with, with her companions, but she kind of just jumps Yaz to the, to the past to view or to be with her grandma and kind of resolve the situation with her grandpa. Who was he? Um, this in, one did get a little bit more kind of in the kind of like how Rosa was. It got in a little bit more um, heavier subject matter, too, with, you know, just race relations and the the kind of the border between Pakistan and, and India and how all that happened with, you know, Muslims and Hindus. So that was definitely a little bit, you know, they're getting into kind of the, this, the religion and race and, and culture and that type of stuff. So a little bit more serious subject matter in this one as well. Absolutely. And I think in retrospect, um, if I were more familiar with it, it probably would have carried more weight similar to Rosa. Um, but being so far culturally removed from the historical events that the episode was based on, um, it, it wasn't as deeply impactful, although it was interesting to learn a little bit more about history from Doctor Who um, in this episode. But it was there were some really interesting interactions and dynamics going on between the characters. Um, the The wedding was going to take place no matter what, but then our villains. What did you think about those villains? Villains? Uh, the villains were just was just that brother guy, right? He, was, <laughs> he he probably was. He he was the main villain, right? Yeah. The the trend of the the people are the bad ones. Yeah, because the the Thajarans, although they led us to believe that they were evil even in how they looked my goodness i mean talk about you know telegraphing a bad a bad character by how it looks um they really i thought this one had a lot of cheats in it i thought they really kind of cheated in trying to trick you as a as a viewer and almost too much it's like this is a race of assassins that the doctor was very familiar with <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, we you know they're the bad guys and then suddenly they're like oh actually we stopped being assassins and now we just 
help people die in a, you know, or we record the, the memory of them dying or something like that. So, um, I kind of rolled my eyes at that whole thing. Yeah. And the, the concept of who they are, um, being so close to Chibnall's experience with the witness or the testimony, not the witness, the testimony, um, it, it's a, it seemed like a very interesting cookie cutter creature. Um, although these ones definitely looked more evil than the others. Um, that said, the, the, the final scenes of this episode, pretty darn impactful. Um, as basically the doctor says, we can't interfere. Um, Yaz's grandma's first husband stands against her brother and, and basically a posse. And then the doctor walks away and you hear gun gunshots. Um, that, that end part was like, Oh my goodness. It was, it was gut wrenching. Right. That's it. And I do like it when Dr. Who touches on that stuff where it's these dilemmas that the doctor is faced with, with having all this power, but also having to allow certain events just to happen. Although it seems like the doctor breaks their own rules a lot of times when it comes to this stuff. This was one time that, uh, she definitely d decided not to break a rule and it affected, um, one of her companions. And, and it was good. I think Yaz um, has been shown to be a very mature character in this show. Yeah, and absolutely. Was able to kind of understand why that had to happen, how it did. So um, it, it showed her, her strength and her understanding. And I, I thought that was good for her character. Yep. Um, Kerblam. Ooh, Kerblam. Uh, Amazon in space. <laughs> Amazon in space run by creepy robots. Yes. Um, what can we say about this? this? We got introduced to Charlie in this episode um, who who actually was the bad guy, but we thought he was the good guy and the robots were not actually bad. Although they kind of were. I don't know. Yeah, this is also the episode that has the bubble wrap and kind of that that I think there was the desire to make it so that fans of Doctor Who would never be able to look at bubble wrap the exact same way. Honestly, first day after I looked at bubble or watched this episode, it was like, oh, bubble wrap. That's that's funny. I just watched a show about it, but it very quickly returned to let me pop all the bubbles I can. It didn't it didn't stick with you like like, uh, you know, every time you walk by a stone statue or angel statue, you. You make sure you keep your eyes on it. Yeah, no, not quite that. Like I'm not, I'm not driving down the road in my neighborhood looking for bubble wrap on the road compared to me driving past the exact same statue on a daily basis and thinking, oh crap, it hasn't moved yet. <laughs> yeah, the the bubble wrap bomb thing was a little a little interesting. Um, I think I remember extensively uh, picking on this episode when we talked about it before. Yes, you uh, did. I did. So I'll I'll leave it alone this time. Other than to say that it was it was definitely one of my least favorites of the season. But um, we don't have to get into the details. <laughs> the one thing I will call out is that um, I th I think you might have seen it telegraphed or something. But the uh, the abduction of Kira and the uh, her blowing up in the room totally unexpected. She was another character that seemed like they were establishing to be a. a kind character that potentially could be a companion at some point in the future. And then to have her just disintegrated. Um, 
it was not funny in the moment. It's kind of comical thinking back on it, how surprised I was, but um, caught me off guard. I, it, just another, just another call out that this series was not afraid of a body count on any no. given episode. Yeah, I, d- I was thinking about that as I was wa- rewatching the woman who fell to earth, and how many just random people died and innocent people. And I was just like, oh, I, I don't know if we ever did a body count on on the season, but that would have been interesting to compare, you know, throughout the season, how many how many people died. Yeah, I mean, in The Woman Who Fell to Earth, we have that old grandpa who's on a FaceTime call with his granddaughter who they they went a great length to establish some sort of kind or goodwill towards him from the viewership mm-hmm. only to kill him immediately. And they did that they did that multiple times in the season. I think if we, you know, we could probably go through and name 10 different characters where they kind of introduce a character and then kill them really for no reason, especially in resolution that happened a few times too. Yeah. Um, you know, the security guard, the doctor, or the uh, the police officers, uh, there was a handful of different, you know, that guy that was working at the at the scrapyard or wherever that was. Yeah. The scrapyard that has Dalek parts. And they um, they give them all names too, which like we just yeah. found out that the salad dude, his name was Dean. Dean. The guy in the security hut, his name was Dennis. They give all of these <laughs> seemingly expendable characters that they just immediately kill. They name them all. Yes. So no 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 random side character is safe in nope. in uh, Chibnall's version of Doctor Who. Nope. Uh, but and then on to episode eight, which is the Witchfinders, which I think this is one that. I don't necessarily agree with the masses. I, I noticed this one has gotten lower ratings. It's kind of been mocked a little bit. I like this episode. I really like this episode a lot. Yeah, this is this is where... So if I were to look at my graph, um, which we'll talk about rankings here soon. I know I said we'll do it later. But I have like a triple hump graph going on where high point, low point, high point, low point, and then high points. Um, this is where the high points start to return in the Witchfinder. It was a fun episode, um, supported quite a bit by Alan Cummings. Like he, he certainly boosted this episode, um, throughout it, but it was, uh, it was a creepy episode with those mud zombie witches people. Um, I like, I love the mud zombies. I thought Becca Savage was a great character. I loved how intense yes. that actor played the character. Um, Alan Cumming is King James the first. Just um, you know all the charisma that he brought to it. There was some good humor with him, but then also some really interesting moments, like where him and the Doctor have some dialogue that's really dark. And you know, if you know the history of of King James, you know he he lived a pretty rough life and had you know um, you know that that stuff was weighing on him so i i thought that was i thought it was a really strong episode maybe it's because i just enjoy the historical episodes more and i had some knowledge of kind of uh some of the surrounding events around king james because of other things i had been you know taking in uh recently but i just this one was fun for me i really liked it yeah and and if you aren't aware of what king james faced just watch the episode because he tells ryan all about it Mm -hmm. yeah he does, and he, he summarizes some interesting historical events. Um, but yeah, definitely. Wikipedia him. You know, Wikipedia King James the first, and, and they actually got some stuff pretty right as far as just historical accuracy. I, don't, I mean, obviously Doctor Who's not aiming for historical accuracy in some of these things when they portray these characters, 
but some of the mentions of things that happened to him and things that he had kind of dealt with, you know, are pretty spot on to real life events. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Which leads us to, it takes you away. Takes you away. Norway cabin, creepy parallel universe and the return of grace. Yes. The return of grace, which was really, I just like, I really thought that was a cool um, moment to see her back. Cause I, she's, you know, she was so good in that first episode and it was one of those things where you just really wish she could have been around longer. So to see her come back, even though it wasn't really her, it was just, it was like this cool moment where you're like, Oh wow. They're presenting Graham with a situation, with a choice that is impossible for him to make. Cause he literally is being faced with, trying to reunite with the love of his life that he lost, that he thought he would never see again. And I thought that was just such a, a strong moment for the, in this season. Yeah. And by this point in the season, you, we have gotten to know Graham mm-hmm. and there are so many different aspects of Graham that we, <laughs> we think we know about him and we enjoy about him and we are invested in his character and as they are revealing grace, it's one of those moments as you're watching it that you are thinking to yourself, they're not doing this. Like they, they can't be doing this. And then you realize they are doing it. And it just adds so much more um, emphasis to the moment. But it is, it was a fun episode. Yeah, there's there's aspects of it that, again, when you go into close inspection of it, it's like, I, I don't really understand what's happening here with the whole anti-zone and um, the, the, the crossing of the anti-zone and where the character within the anti-zone comes from. But at the end of the day, it, it was a, a good episode. I kind of looking back on this one, cause I, I think I had remembered talking about the, the guy that was in the anti-zone um, and not not being bothered by that character. It was kind of bizarre. It was just being like, you know, it kind of it, it worked. Looking back on it, I kind of do think this episode maybe would have been better without that. Ribbons? Still having, yeah, ribbons. Still have the idea of an anti-zone, but maybe just have the things that they face to get through there just be, you know, creatures or those moths that are eating eating people. But to have just this kind of random character like that did seem a little... It just it didn't seem to fit with the rest of the story. And um, it almost, it almost, I kind of had forgotten he was in it until you just brought it up. Cause it does, it almost feels like what happens in the anti-zone and then what happens in the rest of the episode, it's so different that it's hard to, you know, hard to think of it as in the same episode. Yeah. It's so different until we get to the frog. Oh, right. The frog, and then it yeah. ties everything together. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the frog this i've this is another one that i actually really liked this episode a lot but the frog moment was was the only thing that kept it from from being amazing you know the i was just so on board with the whole episode and everything that was happening with it and then the frog shows up and i'm like what like that's a weird way to kind of put a bow on this one i and i think we had talked about it too but i had wished that they had just had that be grace yeah, um, as representing that entity, I think that would have been more powerful. And the frog was just Chibnall likes to have his silly moments, but maybe not have that big moment be a silly moment. 
Yeah, it, it was one of those moments that when we were reviewing it the first time, I don't know. I was, I was, I enjoyed the episode so much, and it was just like, and the the uh, response of Whovians, the response of the fans to the episode and the frog, it was just comical. And it's like I can't, I can't knock the episode because of the frog. Um, that said, a couple months removed from the frog, and it's like, uh, okay, yeah, that that probably wasn't the best the best choice and if we were to get rid of ribbons though we wouldn't have great lines like that's not my we i mean where else will we have a character in doctor who stating those lines i could have done without it pass pass me the tubular please (laughs) yeah um but this one had some strong moments and not to you know we don't want to pass over the the actress who played hannah Hannah. Absolutely not. Um, did such a great job in this episode and, and the interactions between her and Ryan. Um, all of the stuff with Graham and and I, I maybe Yaz was the one that kind of wasn't as big of a part of this episode. She didn't stand out as much, but I thought it was a really good episode for most of the cast. You know, some of the weirder things aside, still ranks, you know, toward the top. I think it's in the top half. I'll have to double check when we do our rankings, but I think it's in the top half for me on, on episodes. Yeah, it's, it's a good episode. Um, we can move on though. I think we could talk a lot about each of these. So, uh, the battle of Ranscor Avkolos. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Whoo. That was a tough one. Yes. This one was, um, this was, this one started out epic. With... Before we go any further, we have to say this is the last episode of the series. Yes, this is it, episode ten. the The last one. It, it I it still astounds me that it was a ten episode series. Yeah, it, it the season flew by. It did. It really flew by, and we knew you know we knew we were only getting ten episodes. We knew we were going to get the uh, the New Year's special um, to top it off. But yeah, it just felt it felt really short. Um, I do think that this was, it was a nice end cap and I like that they brought back Tim Shaw. I thought that was a nice way to kind of tie up, you know, what was introduced and then kind of end with that. And I don't think he was nearly as intimidating in this episode as he was in the first one, but, uh, I like the return of that character. Yeah. It was it was fun to see him crop up, um, and to see the the state of where he was as a character, um, and then especially the interaction between him and the Doctor, and I think that interaction is both a high point um, in this episode, but it is also like this this source of contention within myself um, when it comes to that interaction, because he's calling the doctor out for being the one that's responsible for basically all the evil that he's done up to that point. Um, and I don't know if the doctor ever, ever really accepted it. Whereas as of, as someone who's watched the entire series, it's like, he, he's not wrong. He's, he's definitely not wrong. Um, so yeah, it it was, it it has, it's a, it holds a weird place in my mind. Right. Yeah, and I like episodes where the Doctor is faced with this stuff, and I I thought that was, it was an interesting response by the Doctor, because the Doctor never, like you said, never really owned up to it. 
It's kind of like, okay, yeah, it is kind of your fault that this guy's still alive and wreaking havoc. But um, she kind of just made excuses. Like, don't put that on me. Yeah. This is also the episode where we have probably the, the I mean, coming off of um, It Takes You Away, Graham is again put into another crazy situation where he's faced with the one that killed Grace, who he has now just given up again. Um, and that's in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. That, that aspect of the story where you honestly are led to believe for the vast majority of the episode that Graham, if given the chance would kill Tim Shaw. Yeah. And he straight up tells the doctor that, you know, I'm going to kill this guy if I can. And the doctor's like, all right, I'm taking you out of the game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And he's like, Nope, you know, you know, I'm, you can't sideline me here. And, he does get the opportunity and doesn't do it um, at the end, but I guess it was Ryan that talked him out of it, right? Yeah, Ryan Ryan goes to great lengths to tell Graham basically be be the man or be the person that Grace would want you to be. Right. So, yeah, I and mean, this one introduces to the Ux, you know, kind of this all powerful race. Um, this one got a little, it got, it, it raised the stakes a little bit in that the doctor was kind of facing this whole, you know, death of millions, billions of people across all these planets where that's something that they hadn't really touched on. A lot of the stories up to this point had been really contained and hadn't been like galaxy wide threats. And this was kind of the first time we had, we had seen something like that in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was a threat that had already, it wasn't even something the doctor could really prevent at this point that the, that the, um, the planets had already been destroyed. There was no reviving them. Um, which is kind of sad that the doctor, um, you know, was faced to see the consequences of her actions and, and that it led to so many deaths. Not that like not I mean I kind of maybe before I was saying it was the doctor's fault. It's not necessarily the doctor's fault that this guy's so evil, um, but she did have the chance to stop him earlier, and and didn't take that chance and kind of haphazardly let him you know, you know, teleport off into who knows where. Right, that's and I. She never. I don't know. She never has that same. It doesn't seem like she reacts to the the death of the billions. Um, it doesn't seem like it quite settles on her. We don't have the same like brooding Eccleston or Tennant that are still working through what they had to do to Gallifrey. Um, she just wants to put everything back to the way that it was um, and move on. I really liked the um, the guest star in this one who played. Uh, what was it? A Paltraki. Yes, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but I thought he did. A, I thought he did a really good job on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I, I don't, I don't have his name in front of me either. Um, yeah, he's that guy from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of many. But yeah, so it was. I like this episode. I like that episode as well. Um. And I thought the season ended on a on a high note as that being if considering that as the end of the season and not necessarily the 
the special as the end of the season. I thought I thought it ended on a on a high note. Yeah, it was it was a good way out. It definitely didn't end on a low note. And then um so then we got the special, the New Year's special, which was called uh Resolution. Yeah. Which this one, um I felt like they kinda got back to the the feel of the first episode as far as production value. Um, looking back on some of these other episodes, it seemed like they put a little bit bigger of a budget or effort into both the woman who fell to earth because it's kind of the introduction of this doctor and then resolution. They, I felt like the cinematic value or the cinematic feel to it was a little bit more than some of these other standalone episodes. There, there were definitely some shots of it that were noticeably different than, um, typically what we would see in doctor who I, I thinking specifically of kind of the framing of the scenes where uh, the police officers are laying on the side of the road. Um, and she gets back in the car and drives away. That's that's just an interesting shot that isn't very common, I don't think, in in Doctor Who. But yeah, it's I I would I would agree with you. I would agree with you. And this was a return of the Dalek, Daleks, a Dalek, um, which you know me, I'm not a huge fan of Daleks. I was actually excited about the pr- prospect that this season would have no Daleks. <laughs> so this one was technically little... the series didn't have any Daleks in it technically technically yeah if, we, if we're not counting this special as part of of series 11 but I I think that um maybe the low point for me in this episode was the fact that it was centered around a Dalek and I don't know I just some of it with what the Dalek did what the Dalek was able to do kind of a lot of the stuff around the Dalek, I was just kind of like, eh, not really getting excited about this one. I I stand by my opinion that if they would have never put the Dalek in a shell and they would have kept the Dalek um, outside of the shell wreaking havoc that way, and probably if they would have never just called it a Dalek, the episode would have been so much better. Um, I was pretty high up on this episode until the point they put it into it into its shell and then it immediately took a nosedive for me um that said there there are still some pretty pretty fun things in this episode or at least interesting and story moving things in this episode with aaron um ryan's dad showing up and them having to spend time in in graham's house and graham again being a strong character and kind of managing the relationships between everybody um there are some there are some good moments, but yeah, I it was it was an interesting special. It really was because I think I left the episode thinking, oh, that was just another episode of the series, and we really didn't get a special this 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 year. Yeah, it didn't have that kind of feel that we get with some of these specials. Um, the fact that it wasn't on Christmas, I think you know a lot of these the la- the ones we've gotten recently, even even with Capaldi. You know, I mean, there was one about superhero, but they still centered it around Christmas, you know? Yeah. And then yep. the the Husbands of River Song, I felt it just had, you know, the return of Alex Kingston was kind of a big deal. And and having her and this version of the Doctor interact was was a really big deal. And I, you're right, this, this episode didn't feel special, quote unquote. It felt like, okay, it's just the next story. Um and maybe they were trying to play up the idea of the Daleks being a big 
a big deal, a big enough deal to make it special. But for me, it didn't work that well. And I think even upon a rewatch and upon, you know, kind of retrospecting about this, um, it, it actually ends up worse for me. It's, it's not one of those that I rewatched and was like, you know what, I didn't give it a chance. I actually kind of liked it even less upon multiple rewatches. The character of Mitch just drives me insane. Um, <laughs> I didn't really like Aaron's dad, or I didn't like Ryan's dad. I don't know why that that character just didn't resonate with me. Um, I didn't feel the sincerity in kind of his apologies. You know, he'd been gone for quite a long time um, for him to just kind of like out of nowhere suddenly be like, oh, everything's okay. Uh, I don't know. I felt like he maybe needed to earn it a little more. <laughs> So yeah, this was this one falls pretty low on the list for me for the season, which is sad because it's the last episode that aired. Yeah, so that's that is all um, eleven episodes. Well, ten episodes of series eleven, um, and the one special. So rankings, where are we at? Yes, rankings. So we're gonna. Uh, I don't know how we want to do this. Like, I guess, do you want to just go? episode by episode and say where it ranked or you want to just go down the list one to 10 or 11 10. i would i would i would say just go through your list starting with your most favorite um and going to your least favorite and if you want to give some justification or maybe i'll challenge you on a couple a little bit of commentary okay um so for me it's going to seem pretty straightforward right at the beginning but uh the my favorite episode was the woman who fell to earth I just feel like the the introduction of the of a new doctor, the introduction of new companions, it's kind of hard to compete with that and the excitement around it. Um, got a lot of chills watching that episode for the first time. I luckily got to watch it in a huge crowd of nerds at New York Comic Con, so that kind of helps with that too. So I really love episode. I really love doctor introduction episodes, and so that not. It was my favorite episode right off the bat, and then nothing else surpassed it throughout the season. Um, and then the continuing into Ghost Monument was actually my second favorite episode uh, because it just kept that high rolling into Rosa, which was my third favorite episode. So um, <laughs> my top three are the first three episodes of the season. Um, oddly enough, Witchfinders is my fourth favorite. I know that one is kind of low on a lot of people's lists, but I just really kind of, for the reasons I said before, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then it takes you away was my number five. Um, the battle of Rainscore of Kolos was six. Uh, Saranga conundrum was seven. And I think sir, if we're hitting the point here where it's starting to be like episodes that were, that were kind of on the lower end for me, um, as far as I would draw the line at the battle of Rainscore of Kolos and everything I mentioned above that as being, I thought really solid episodes. And then uh, Saranga Conundrum kind of starts the, like, okay, not so great. Um, De Demons of Punjab was number eight. Resolution, number nine. Kerblam and Arachnids in the UK really could have either, they, they could kind of <laughs> switch places here at the bottom at number 10 and a number 11. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so. So, number one episode in my opinion, is the ghost monument of the series. Um, you mentioned that the introduction of the Doctor is one thing. Um, I say that at least in, in my memory, the introduction of the TARDIS 
um, for the series surpasses the introduction of the Doctor. Um, I I literally got chills watching the introduction of the TARDIS. Um, it was it was an emotional moment as as uh, Whitaker runs up to the TARDIS and and apologizes to the TARDIS and opens the, uh, the, the she says she forgot her key and the TARDIS door opens and it's such a solid moment. Um, so Ghost Monument number one in my opinion, Rosa number two, just because of how relevant it is, um, how different it is. It really stands out. Um, woman who fell to earth number three. So similar to your top three, just slightly different order. Um, okay. And then, so we're in a, we agree on our top three. That's good. Yeah. And I think we've, we even said that throughout the series where it's like the top three could be interchangeable if given the right day or argument. Um, the next, the next three on my list. Well, really, the next four. Um, I would be. Well, no, the next three. Witchfinder, it takes you away, and demons of Punjab. Those really, in my opinion, could probably be mixed up interchangeably. Um, in my in my other ranking, although I have them four, five, and six, they all have a seven ranking in my opinion. Um, so the Witchfinder, I love that episode again. Um, it was just a cre- uh, it, it was a legitimately creepy episode, mud demons, all that stuff. Um, it takes you away. Again, just a fun, solid episode. Demons of Punjab. Um, I know you have that one ranked pretty low. I have it two two spots higher, um, primarily for that end, <laughs> the ending scene. Um, and then the Battle of Ranskor Abkolos seven, Saranga Conundrum eight. Um, Arachnids in the UK nine resolution 10 and Kerblam has last. Nice resolution fell further below or further down than I expected on your list. Um, I think what it's interesting if I put our ranks next to each other, I'm looking at them now on the spreadsheet is that we actually aren't that different as much as we may dis- we disagree sometimes in our reviews, if you look at as the season as a whole, we actually rank them very similarly um, in that we don't have any rankings except for one that are more than two apart. Yeah, that's... The only one being Demons of Punjab where I ranked it my eighth favorite. You ranked it your... Sixth. Your sixth. But every every other one, I believe, is... Well, that would keep them within two as well. So we don't have any that are more than two apart. Right? Yeah. I Yeah. Because our top four are exactly the same, just reordered a little bit. And then um, you know, we both ranked It Takes You Away the same as our fifth favorite. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. One thing one thing that I, I think is interesting and yours would probably be the same way. I graphed my episode um ratings and if I, if we compare my graph with the rotten tomatoes graph it graphs pretty darn close to being the same um oh, over the course of the too. series so yours would be relatively close as well um there's a there was a weird kind of like high low high slight low high and then really low um when it comes to how the season progressed, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the breakdown. Yeah. It kind of went, um, 
as I'm looking at the season as a whole, you know, it kind of starts out, you know, the first three episodes super strong. Then it kind of dipped. It dipped really far for me with Arachnids. Um, and then the next two were, you know, middle of the road. And then another big dip down. And then it kind of went up. Which finders it takes you away in the Battle of Ranscore of Kolos um, were kind of higher up. And then Resolution dropped again. So there, it feels like there was like really, really severe drop-offs. But then the rest were kind of like middle, middle or high for me. So um, I think as the season on a whole... I would still say was on the positive end for me. There were more episodes I enjoyed than there were that I didn't. Oh, absolutely. That's, I think, so I go through and I, like I said, I rank them kind of just each individual episode, how I think it feels um, just overall. And I think nothing falls below a five on, on my side. So it's all, it's all middle of the road or higher where looking at some, some of the past series, there are definitely some lower ones um, that are really low in score. So it is above 50%, um, probably even 75% being positive all across the board. So yeah, I would um, say for my eight out of 11, I would, I would rank as good or better. And then the, the three that I would rank very low. So, Okay, I just have a couple questions, and then we can close up our review. Um, you can feel free to pass on any of these questions. Don't expect an answer if you don't have one right offhand. But what's your biggest surprise of Series 11? Huh, my biggest surprise is how much I liked Ryan. Real? Oh, yeah, okay. Remember, yeah, remember some of our intro. Yep. Before yep. we saw any episodes, just from interviews with him and stuff, I was like, I'm not gonna like this guy. Um, and then I ended up liking him. So I, that was the biggest surprise. Awesome. Um, mine, mine was how much I liked Graham that I did not expect to basically be coming out of series 11 thinking Graham was one of the high points of the entire series. Yeah. Um, I love Graham. I think he's a great companion. He ranks up there with like Rory for me. Yeah, totally yeah. didn't expect. Totally didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, biggest disappointment, disappointment of the season. Oh, biggest disappointment. I mean, there's so many ways you could go with this, but take whatever way you want. Yeah, I I would just say, um, I would say probably the Arachnids episode, and not necessarily that episode as a whole because I know I didn't rank that one. Did I rank that lower than Kerplam? Which one was lower? <laughs> They're about the same. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Yeah, I think that that episode, just some of the subject matter in that one was disappointing to me. I just was kind of, I didn't want Doctor Who to try to become a commentary on on that, on some of that subject matter. And I think I had said in our review, I was just like, I don't, you know, I have enough, I hear enough about this guy in the news. I don't necessarily need to watch it in my Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of a disappointment for me. Low point. Gotcha. Mine was a lack of resolution for the whole timeless child thing. Mm, yeah, maybe we'll maybe see next season. Oh, that still guts me that we have no idea what why they said that. It was a throwaway. Yeah. Um, and it was way too powerful just to be a throwaway. Okay, um, favorite moment. So you had a disappointing moment. What's your favorite moment that sticks out? 
favorite moment? Uh, probably the doctors re, uh, reuniting with the TARDIS in the Ghost Monument. Same, same. Nice. Yes. Um, anything that made you say, "Huh"? While watching Doctor Who this series, <laughs> Kerblam. Uh, <laughs> Just trying to wrap my mind around what happened at the end of that episode <laughs> and kind of just, yeah, yeah, that one was a head scratcher. Okay. And what was the uh, the best title of the series, in your opinion? Uh, best title, although this is a season full of bad titles, I'll say that for sure, uh, between having a title called the Saranga Conundrum or the Battle of Rainscore <laughs> Avcolos. Um <laughs> Kerblam is just such a lazy title. I would say my favorite <laughs> is uh, The Ghost Monument. I, that's a solid title. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I like that a lot. Because it's just, it's talking about the TARDIS, obviously, but it's it's not like in your face. It's not like the TARDIS or the doctor reunites with the TARDIS. You know, it's just the ghost monument. It's mysterious. What does that mean? And then you kind of, and then it all makes sense when you watch the episode. Yeah. I, I mean, and it, it gives the TARDIS a new name that it hasn't had before. Right. Mm, yeah. Cool. Mine was, it takes you away. I think for similar reasons, the mystery of mm. it, like what, what is it actually referring to? It kind of is on, 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 on it's scary. Um, <laughs> it, it leaves you wondering what is it really referring to? It's um, really, if you think about it, the two that we picked out are kind of the only two that aren't just descriptions of, the episode right yeah pretty you much know, like they're kind of the only ones that are a bit mysterious i think the woman who fell to earth is a good title um because that one is kind of like you know oh is it about the doctor is it about grace you know it has a double meaning there um but i think the rest of them it's kind of just like the demons of punjab or the battle of whatever it's in the uk the i wonder the UK. what it's that's about the witch finders you know it's like it just is what it is so the other ones are a little bit more creative yeah, so does does Jodie Whittaker have a solid first series to go off of? I think so. She definitely had her down moments for me. I really enjoyed her a lot right off the bat. And then some of the shtick with her character, some of the recurring jokes, her saying, you know, fam a lot, or, um, you know, just different things that she kept doing that I thought were, it started to feel a little lazy in the writing, like, um, her personality started to fade because it just felt very repetitive. Um, she went from being a potential of saying, oh, wow, I think she may be my favorite doctor in the first three episodes to really starting to kind of grate on me a little bit with some of the, the dialogue. Um, I'm not like saying I don't like her as the doctor, but she definitely, there were, there were some struggles for me with that character as the season went on. And I felt like this season really focused on the companions almost more than they did on the doctor, um, which maybe took away from her character for me as well. But yeah. I love it's... her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they don't change it. Um, who knows? Maybe they, they will. will. They will. I think they will. I think season two, you'll get a different, a different outfit for the doctor. What did you think about Jody Jody Whitaker? Was like, how, where does she fall for you with with the modern doctors? Yeah, I 
I don't know. Am I allowed to say that it's still too early to tell? Yeah, that's um, fair, that's uh, that's what I should have said. Yeah, I I think it's a solid a solid series to kick things off. Um, but there are some unique aspects to this series that we haven't seen. I don't feel like we've seen in any of the the modern Who, where um, a consistent criticism of the series is that it seemed um, consistently Doctor Light. Um, where the doctor wasn't really the main character in her own show. Um, and I, we can unpack or try to um, guess as to why that was. Um, could it just come down to a new showrunner and kind of a new feel for Doctor Who? Who knows? But it does seem like it is very Doctor Light in most episodes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses. And I think that does kind of knock against this series when you compare it to other series plus you have you have three very strong companions um as opposed to maybe just a singular companion to focus on or or maybe a pair but one is is definitely not always around um so i think that that added to it it was a strong a strong series i think chimnall had a good showing for the vast majority of, majority of the series um it's going to be really interesting though to see do things change going into series 12 um or are we going to get same format same structure um and and it will just be kind of a progression of the story that has already been uh, set forth in this series but yeah i think it was good i think it was good um, there my, are definitely some solid episodes here. My hopes and dreams as a viewer is that they do um, take the second season and with with her as an opportunity to focus more on the Doctor and give us a little bit more about you know maybe some of those mysteries that they were hinting at in this season, but they never really gave us more and kind of focus on the Doctor more as a character. I think this first season was very focused on the companions and we really got to know the companions. I would say even this might be the first time in the modern who that the doctor wasn't my favorite character in this, in the season. Um, you know, I think that with Eccleston and Tennant and Smith, they really stood out and kind of really were the, the characters that carried those, those seasons. And I felt like Jodie Whittaker didn't and not by any fault of of her as an actor but more in the way that they wrote the the series um i felt myself drawn more to ryan and graham and yaz and kind of more interested in their stories because the doctor was so um oh man i hate to use the word bland <laughs> for <laughs> the doctor but it just felt like the doctor there was a lot of potential for for it to be an interesting character, but really became became more like uh, the first Doctor. You know, going back and watching some of the first Doctor stuff, where the companions were really the main characters, and the first Doctor was just this quirky old man. Um, and it felt like that's kind of where they were regulating this version of the Doctor too. And I I want the Doctor to be central, so I'm really hoping that the the writing kind of shifts in that direction. You know what's interesting? The the first couple episodes of the series, they spent a lot of time in regards to the doctor asking, like, who am I now? Or trying to figure out who she is now. And she would do a lot of things and be like, oh, I guess I'm I'm this doctor. Um, or I guess I do this. Or maybe I do do this. Um, those episodes 
it, it seemed like it was easier to be more interested in the doctor because you didn't know who this doctor was. Um, but as soon as that was kind of laid aside or as soon as that was kind of abandoned, it didn't seem like there was any mystery left in regards to who the doctor was. Um, and some of the, the more interesting episodes of, of past doctors was when you were trying to figure out who they were or aspects of their character, or it was exploring a mystery about their story. It seems like this series was written that we already know everything about the doctor. All the big mysteries have already been um, solved. The bigger mysteries that might've been contrived by Moffat, those have already been laid aside. Um, so it seems like that's how this series was written. And that might be a huge knock against this doctor. And I know Chibnall can, he can definitely write that type of, you know, that type of mystery and twist. Oh, absolutely. And dra drama. Like if you've watched Broadchurch, um, you know, he throws you for a loop sometimes in some of the stuff that happens in the, in that show. Um, and you can't really, ex you don't see it coming a lot of times. So he does, it's not like he just writes, um, you know, TV shows that are very straightforward and kind of, you get what you get. Like he does, he definitely has that ability. So I think I'm hoping that, um, he can kind of bring some of that into Doctor Who, because um, I do I do feel like it was missing in this in this series. I like I like all of the actors that they chose. I think the companions are are some of the strongest companions we've had, and Graham especially for me was was a character that I just really really liked. So um, you know I think hopefully the Doctor can can kind of. Uh, I don't know. Just for me personally, I, I really hope that 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 character can kind of shine through a little bit more. Okay, last question. Mm -hmm. Who's the first companion to die? Oh, of this crew? <laughs> it was a joke. Don't answer that. It'll break <laughs> my heart. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Graham, though. Oh! <laughs> I thought Graham was going to die at, at, at one point. Um, and he, when we were watching, I think it was Battle of Ranscore Avcolos, where I was like, "Oh no, maybe they're writing him out." Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll kill one of these these companions. I feel like they won't. I think these. I think they all make it. Chibnall's not afraid of a body count. We've already he's established not, that he's not. But he's. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to compare this to other stuff I've seen, just because the subject matter is so different. But I feel like. Um, for whatever reason, I feel like these three companions specifically, although may leave the show or stop traveling with the doctor, I don't think any of them will die. That's going to be my bold prediction for, for however many seasons they're in, but I, I don't think any of them will die. Okay. Grace, Grace is our only, you know, death of that group. Oh, I, I just don't trust. I just don't trust anymore. The way that they, they introduce characters just to kill them off. I don't, I don't trust anymore. Yeah, we'll see. Doctor Who doesn't typically kill the companions. It's pretty rare. Doctor Who doesn't. Chris Chibnall does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we good? We wrapped it yeah. up. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, I think we covered the bases. All right. I think we we went we I think we we went a long time. Yeah, I think covering we did. all of this stuff. So the full recap of of uh, series eleven with rankings and all as promised. And then uh, hopefully this 
extra long episode of Bad Wolf Radio can hold you guys over until uh, whatever we do next, which I have no idea. <laughs> it makes I, up for the gap and it prepares you for a long, cold winter. I'll doubt, yeah, I doubt we'll wait until the new season to do something else, but right now um, there may be a bit of a hiatus while we think about what to cover next. Yeah, I think the the popular vote was Eccleston. We'll That's have to, true. We'll I have forgot to we did that. that. We're, we're, yeah, maybe some rewatching of of the modern who starting with Eccleston. That might be um, the next place we go. But until then, thank everybody for listening to us. Follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast, and you can find all of our episodes at badwolfpodcast.com. So until next time. Later days. Later days. What? Aren't you supposed to do a quote or something? I don't know. I have like, we have 10 episodes. There are 11 episodes to choose from. I can see this block from my window.